What up, y'all? Happy Sunday morning. We are live. We are talking about an Ag Day victory. Orange you glad that you are a Ram fan? Had to get at least one of those in. This was one of the wonkiest games that I've ever covered for multiple reasons. I mean, the, the lightning delays, the, the fact that oh man, it was like 90 minutes of dead time between the two of them. I've, I've never really been a part of anything like that. The South Dakota State game did get delayed in, in 2021 pregame, so it delayed the start, and that was weird. But this was really challenging. I mean, football is definitely one of those games that are big about routine and, and habits and everything like that and I, I just I have a lot of respect you know for the Rams for being able to pull this one out under those circumstances obviously there's a ton to clean up I mean it was a really slow start defensively pretty much a, a disaster in that first half and there's there's a moment where you're starting to think oh god this is going to be another FCS disaster for CSU they had lost four or five FCS games coming in I hate playing them. I really hate playing FCS teams because there's just nothing to be gained out of it. If you win, it's what you were supposed to do. You don't get any credit. If you lose or even play a tight game, it's the end of the world. So it's just one of those situations where you don't have much to gain from it and really have everything to lose. I'm glad that CSU was able to pull it out. I think there's a lot to be encouraged about, and we're going to get into that. We're obviously going to talk about what needs to be cleaned up because there's there's quite a bit of that as well, but I think the the big picture that we need to to be looking at is just that this team is 500 going into conference play. You have eight opportunities. Everything is on the line for this team. Again, you're going to need to be much more consistent, much more stout defensively if you want to have Mountain West championship aspirations. Shoot, if you even want to make a bowl game, you're going to have to be more consistent. At the same time, there's something to be said about having resilience and, and a toughness. And I think for the second week in a row, this team was able to pull out a, a victory. And in this case, a three score victory when they didn't have their a game for the majority of the night. And I, I just don't think CSU teams in the past would have done that. Like I, I think maybe the Rams could have won this game just because Utah tech, not a powerhouse, obviously, but I, I, Certainly don't know if they pull it out by three plus scores. And I just think that was really encouraging down the stretch that they were able to mount three straight scoring drives when the game was on the line. Big credit to Braden Fowler, Nicolosi at some moments, you know, he definitely looked like a red shirt freshman at times in that game. There were some decisions that had everybody shaking their heads. He also had some really big plays. And I mean, he's just continues to go out there and give these guys an opportunity to make plays out wide. He's absolutely ripping the football, which is awesome to see this offense is they're a lot of fun to watch when you get it rolling. I just want to see this team play a complete game. And I think that's the the big frustration at this point. We have not yet seen CSU play four complete quarters. And I think this team is better than they've shown. Even on the defensive side, it feels, it feels a lot like non-conference last year, which is disappointing because the expectations coming into this year were that the defense was going to be one of the best in the conference. They've had moments where they've really looked good, but as a whole, they just have not been quite as consistent as we've needed to see. I I think the talent is there, especially in the defensive line. I mean, coming into the game, they're first in the Mountain West in sacks, first in the Mountain West in, in tackles for loss. They get a lot of pressure. They just have these lapses, especially in the secondary, that are 
that are very concerning. And I, I would not be surprised if we see some more freshmen on the field moving forward. We saw that in the second half. I mean, TJ Crandall, Jalen Gardner, and some of these guys have been receiving high praise going back to camp. They're really athletic. And when you're giving up lapses and coverage consistently, when you're missing tackles in the open field, at some point you're going to give these younger guys an opportunity. And the more that these lapses happen, the more that the defense kind of has these struggles, we're just, we're going to see some changes because it's not like last year. Last year, guys were going to stay in their starting role at a necessity. There was nobody to come into the game to replace them. They didn't have the depth. That's not the case this year. And I mean, we saw it from the get-go, Jane Orvell not messing around. Clay Millen not getting it done at quarterback. All right, we're going to Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, and we're not looking back. We're in a position, you know, where we can't have the training wheels anymore. And so I, I just, I know that there's a lot to clean up. I know that it was frustrating that this was a one point game at one point early in the third quarter. At the same time, I'm very encouraged that this team was able to pull it out. Obviously, the, the offense very explosive. You look at what you're able to do in the passing game. It was great. Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, 26 to 32, 462 yards, four touchdowns, did have the two picks. One of them should have been a touchdown. He just leaves the ball short. And it's one of those situations where it's really frustrating because you're like, ah, take the points. It would have been a touchdown, though. Dallin broke loose. It was a scramble drill situation. It, it would have been there if he was able to get a little bit more under that football. And that's the exact type of plays that we love about BFN. So you kind of have to take the good with the bad in that instance. The second one, apparently he was trying to throw it away, which makes a lot more sense because I thought he was just trying to force it into triple coverage. And I even tweeted, you know, you're trying to do way too much. Cannot throw that ball. Afterwards, both Jay and Braden said, you know, we're, I'm trying to throw it away. He's got to put that one in the stands. And that's what Norvell said as well. You can't turn the ball over multiple times when you have an opportunity to put points on the board. Um, it's just a situation where you've got to execute better. But at the end of the day, I mean, this offense is still doing really great things. And Jay said it post game, you know, we were in a situation a month ago where we were worried they weren't going to be able to move the ball through the air at all. I mean, you're looking at the first three quarters against Washington state who, oh man, they just continue to roll by the way, but you're looking at that game and you're thinking, Oh God, this is going to be a disaster. They cannot move the ball at all. Now, all of a sudden, you have one of the top passing offenses in the entire country. And I mean, you saw a lot of that in this one. You come out hot out of the gate. BFN rolling, just getting the ball to Torrey Horton. I think his first six targets were all catches, all monster plays, two touchdowns. Absolutely dusting guys in the open field. I wish we could show highlights on here, but I don't have the rights. He, he was the best player on the field. He was last night. He was the week before. He will be next week and the week after that. He's just an absolute stud, and I don't know what you're supposed to do with him, especially when he can get the ball in space because he's so quick laterally. He's got the burst where he can just leave you in the dust. He is one of the most talented football players I've ever been around. I've been pretty fortunate. You know, covered a lot of great receivers over the years when you think about Michael Gallup and Rashard Higgins even some of these other guys like Hansley and BC Johnson and Warren and uh, Preston Williams, the guys before that, if you want to go way back, Rebstock, David Anderson, I didn't get to cover those guys. I've seen a lot of those great receivers. Torrey, he is as good, if not better than all of them and his NFL ceiling. It's just so high. Absolute monster game. Seventh most receiving yards in a single game in school history. We'll talk about that uh, a little more. BFN with the third most 
passing yards in a single game in school history. He is, uh, you know, playing his way into the record books as well. Most passing yards by a freshman, which is great to see. Uh, defensively, get the, from the get-go, alarming. I mean, you get a picks, uh, or you get a pick, excuse me, in the uh, in the end zone there for Jack Howell, the quarterback throws it right to him. But they ran the ball down CSU's throw all the way down the field. That continued throughout the first half. Um, they were able to create some plays through the the passing game as well, some chunk plays. That was alarming. Again, I do think we'll see some adjustments in that secondary moving forward. We saw some adjustments in the second half, and that that is encouraging. You know, it's disappointing that this team had such a slow start on the defensive side. It's disappointing that they didn't step on their throat earlier, especially when you look at the way that the offense was able to come out and just really move the ball. I mean, early on when it's 14-0, you're thinking this might be a a 50 burger. And, and that's was one of the things I was hoping would happen in the game did not quite do that, but still you see the explosiveness. You see the yards after the catch, the big chunk plays six of explosive plays of 20 or more yards in this game. That's the most in the Norvell era. Love to see stuff like that. And I just, I like that this team pulled it out under wonky circumstances. I know I'm being kind of repetitive here, so we'll move on. But I really do think that is a, a big key with this group that, CSU did not have in the past. They did not have any sense of resilience. They were not tough. Two weeks in a row, this these were games that were teetering on the edge. You know, you're you're sitting there, you're in a bad spot, especially in that second uh, half there. You know, it's a one-point game and it very easily could have turned into a nightmare situation. Instead, you buckle down, you know. You outscore them 20-3 to three during that final stretch. Defensively, they were much more stout in that second half offensively they're able to execute mount three key scoring drives we'll talk about all this as we continue but you had a 21 point win on a night when you didn't have your a game and i just i understand why ram fans are frustrated because there was a a lot of moments in this game where it felt like it was going to be a disaster once again something we've seen so many times in fort collins and again i'll make this point a million times stop scheduling fcs teams if you're going to schedule one make it unc Greeley because there's just nothing to be gained from it. But on a night when you didn't have it, you know, you weren't clicking at, on either side of the ball for a, a while there, you're able to pull it out and you win by three touchdowns. Not many Rams teams over the last decade would have done that. That's just the reality. Like, I understand we all want this team to be better and they have a ton of talent. They have every opportunity to be in the mix for a Mountain West championship, but it's going to be a game by game thing. It's not going to be all of a sudden you're Georgia, you're Alabama, you come out and you roll week after week after week. They have a lot of young guys that are playing key roles. And you see like when they're able to execute some really important or some really big things can happen. And it's important that you continue to build on that. But there are also going to be moments where they look like they have a redshirt freshman at quarterback, where they look like they have a completely retooled offensive line. Do I need to see more? Yeah, I want to see a ton more from this defense, especially with the pressure that they're generating. I mean, Mo Camara, Grady Kelly, Cam Baratow, these guys, they're they're putting in work. Chase Wilson at linebacker continues to just be awesome. You need to see them find a way to to play consistently, to play a complete game for the first time this season. But you're two and two going into the league slate. That's where you want it to be. Two and two, you know, that was always the hope. You very well should be three and one if you close out in Boulder, but you've learned from that. You know, these last two weeks, you do close, you do pull it out. And dare I say, 
this team is is kind of displaying some clutch tendencies here. And I'm just encouraged, you know, it's not perfect, but I am encouraged. I'm also encouraged by our friends over at Game Time. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. Even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last minute seats. You could have rolled in after the weather delay. You could have thought, you know, hey, I had to work, but no, I, I get off because of this weather delay. You could have gone over and, and found a sweet deal at Canvas Stadium. You can find exclusive flash deals, sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, anything. With zone deals, you can pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the game time app, take, create an account, use code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem that code DNVR for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Also, shout out to Fubo TV, 140 plus live channels of sports, shows, movies, news, stream live TV from any device. It has been so clutch for me streaming college football on Fubo. You get aspects or you get access. Good Lord, I'm tired. It's been a really long day. Uh, you get access to all of the college football channels. You can start watching immediately with a free trial, no contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up, start watching. You get a thousand hours of cloud DVR. It's awesome. Watch all your favorite college football and NFL with Fubo. Go to www.fubotv.com slash DNVR. Sign up, get 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. I appreciate everybody rocking with us. If you give us a thumbs up on YouTube, I would appreciate that. If you would share the pod, I'd appreciate that as well. I know it's early here Sunday morning. It was a late night. It was a long one. I think covering that game yesterday felt longer than the showdown. And that game was a long day as well. Obviously, double overtime. I don't have the numbers on it, but I would have to guess that CSU's average time for uh, games right now are, are some of the longest in the country. Appreciate you, man. Um, let's get into some keys to the to the game here. Excuse me. They were allowing 4.7 yards per carry uh, in this game, which not good. I mean, this is not a team that typically runs the football very well. I think they caught CSU off guard a little bit early by how much they did lean on that run game. That said, I do want to uh, add that Ronnie Walker Jr., former Big Ten starter, he is a very competent running back. This isn't some scrub that you know was putting a production on him. It was certainly more than I expected. I mean, 4.7 yards per carry in the game, that's that's definitely too high. If you, uh, if you do that against Air Force, they'll run for a million yards on you, but they did adjust. I mean, they allowed 5.5 in that first half, only 3.1 in the second half. Again, this team under Freddie Banks going back to last year, and I, and I, I really am saying a lot of the same things about the defense that I said in non-conference last year, which is disappointing given the, the expectations, but also it's an indicator that they can certainly turn it around and be more consistent throughout conference play like they did last year after flashing in spurts throughout the non-conference slate. They've, they've really adjusted well back-to-back um, -back weeks. You know, I, I would say that two weeks in a row, opposing teams were kind of able to run the ball down CSU's throat, kind of establish their will in the trenches, which that's disappointing. Um, but, you know, you crack down in the second half and, you know, allow over two and a half yards less per carry in that second half was huge. Also, I mean, absolutely just... The, the biggest key was in the first half, CSU could not get off the field 
defensively on third down, there was one stretch where they had like five straight third and, and medium situations that they converted on. That's just backbreaking. That'll kill you in the second half. You hold them to one of seven on third down. Look a lot more like the defense we expected coming in, like the defense that played the majority of the game against CS or CU, like we saw in that second half against MTSU. Again, it just comes down to consistency. We need to see them do it for four quarters. I think this group is is better what, than what they've shown. That missed tackles is probably the most alarming aspect. But again, Jay's been pretty honest. Like, if guys aren't getting it done, they're going to get replaced. And Aiden Hector had some pretty tough moments in this one yesterday, and I didn't look like he played a lot during the the fourth quarter. I'll have to go back and, and verify that when I rewatch it this morning. I'd certainly, as a Broncos fan, I'm not looking forward to the debacle coming up in Chicago for the the Caleb Williams Bowl. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it was encouraging that we saw they trust TJ Crandall. We saw that they trust Jalen Gardner, these really athletic true freshmen that have been hyped up by the staff, by players, by everyone since training camp. That it's not just you know lip service. They're actually going to put them out there. If you're not getting it done, they will do it. And some coaches they claim they'll do that. They don't. This is a team that's adjusting. They have the depth. A lot of different guys got on the field, which was great. That's what you hope for in an FCS team. Um, sorry, Aaron. Sorry that that game killed several bets that you had yesterday. Uh, you live and you die by the parlay, my friend. That's how it. That's how it goes. <laughs> oh, I got sidetracked there, but um, yeah. I just you got to be more consistent. Um, you, you got to be better in the red zone. Like only three of six in the red zone, a couple of turnovers. That's heat. That's really huge in this one. Cause you move the ball all night long. And again, uh, on that first pick, it would have been a touchdown if Braden just gets a little bit more air under it. If you put points on the board there, it's, you know, a four or five score game. And then it's, it's kind of tough to, to sit here and nitpick, but you didn't, you know, so there are a lot of things you got to clean up. Um, as far as encouraging keys to the game, they did average 17.6 yards per completion. Like I said earlier, six plays of 20 or more yards in this one. It's really hard to go up the field three to four yards at a time. We saw that under Adazio, that's for sure. But the Rams have some nasty dudes out wide, including the tight ends as well. They have a quarterback that can absolutely rip it. And, you know, they're, they're taking advantage of it, which is great to see. Um, to me, the turning point in this one was the Van Shield drive, as I labeled it. It was the fourth offensive series of the second half. You're coming off of an interception, the drive before. At this point, it's a one-point game after Utah Tech made a 52-yard field goal. At that point, it's, oh, man, I'm sweating. I'm getting texts from all kinds of Ram fans. People are angry. They're upset, justifiably so. I'm getting jokes about Canvas being cursed, and I've I've talked about that at times, just the bad vibes in that stadium, especially when the game's tight in the second half. CSU does not exactly have a history of pulling it out. But in this instance, just like they did at Middle Tennessee, you know, they're able to buckle down. It's a one possession game. You just turned it over. Uh, Middle Tennessee had put points on the board. It's a one point game. And you go down, you mount a seven play, 40 yard drive. It ends with a Van Shield rushing touchdown. He earned his opportunity. It was great to see there was, didn't play a ton in that first quarter. And I, I was kind of joking like, Oh man, that'd be a bummer. Walk on finally gets an opportunity to start and he's not even going to get a touch in this one, but he had some really big carries in this one. Um, and he was huge on this drive and actually on Braden's 
rushing touchdown as well. That whole series was leading up to what BFN did in the red zone. I mean, it's a bunch of quick hitters up the gut, Van Shield ripping off four or five yards at a time. Then they do that in the red zone. The defense crashes in the middle. BFN scampers into the end zone untouched. That's huge. I mean, Van Shield, really important on a couple of scoring drives. I'm happy for him. Uh, great to see him out there. It was great to see Damian Henderson in the fourth quarter, albeit went down with an injury. Uh, no update as of yet. I'm going to be honest. I did not ask about it post game. Nobody did. So we, as a media, definitely dropped the ball. We wouldn't have gotten an answer anyways. They, we don't ever get the the update on injuries until Monday for the most part, but uh, we did drop the ball. So I'll own that one. Uh, hopefully he's okay. That was discouraging, but it was encouraging that he was able to get on the field. He was able to produce, had a couple of explosive runs of 11 plus carries. Um, yeah, I got a comment from Aaron Harris here. And if you guys have questions or anything like that, make sure you get them in the comment section because we'll get that in the third segment as well. I uh, I think that Brousseau is probably the two. I know on paper it's Millen. I, I think at this point, CSU has kind of accepted that Millen's not the guy. Um, I, I say that with all due respect. I, I This is me speculating. I, I can't say that I have this verified or anything, but I mean, obviously they did go to him. And my theory going into the game was that if the number two quarterback plays because it's a situation where you're up big, that it would probably be Millen just as a nod to him. That said, I, I also thought that if it was a tight game, it would be Brousseau because the staff really likes him. I think moving forward, the thought is, you know, it's going to be Jackson Brousseau and Braden Fowler Nicolosi competing. Obviously, BFN going to have the edge, especially if he continues to to produce like this. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting situation. Um, Clay's in a really tough spot, and I feel for him because he followed this staff over. I, I'm not saying that the decision was wrong. Clearly, the, the offense has been rolling since they switched quarterbacks, but you do have to remember the human element of it. It is a tough spot for him, though. I mean, he transfers over from Nevada. So without graduating, he can't transfer again without losing a, a year. And, you know, maybe drops down. It, it's it's a tough spot, but I mean, it's it's a part of this industry. And honestly, man, like it's not intramurals. Like at the end of the day, we're trying to compete for championships. And right now, Braden Fowler Nicolosi, he gives this team the best opportunity to compete. He's going to be the guy, you know, he's going to be the guy. Also, that guy, Tory Horton, he is that guy, dude. Player of the game for CSU in this one. Tory Horton had 10 catches, 227 yards, three touchdowns. Um, got a picture of Nick Stevens in there. That's it's not a big deal. Um, but shout out to uh, Alyssa, our producer on the back end, keeping this thing running seamlessly. But man, Tory Horton, he is just a monster. He's so fast. He's so smooth. Uh, he his little leg, oh man, I, I can't even describe it. He just his ability to make guys miss in the open field is so incredible. He's a top ten NFL prospect. <laughs> yes, Aaron, I, I love that graphic of Vic Stevens as well. Um, BFN pulling out his Vic Stevens impression on that touchdown, but we're talking about Tory Horton, guys. You're getting me sidetracked here. Um, Second wide receiver in school history to have multiple three touchdown games. He had one against Middle Tennessee State the year before. He joins Richard Higgins and Michael Gallup as the only receivers in school history with three receiving touchdowns in a game. I want to see Torrey get that fourth. Uh, 
Richard had a four touchdown game. It would be cool to see Tory do it. He's just on an absurd pace right now. 45 catches, um, over 540 yards of receiving, six touchdowns, um, seven total. That is our guy, Tory Horton, player of the game. Look at that. Look at that move. Look at that fro, too. The hair looking so awesome coming out of the helmet. He just has so much swag. He's just a cool dude. Like, it's fun when your best players are, are really cool guys on and off the field when they have charismatic personalities. And we've really seen Tori come into his own this year. He's great at the podium. Like he's, he's much more confident than he was a year ago, at least when it comes to the interviews, obviously he's always been confident on the field because he's a fucking dog, absolute baller. And he went off in this game, a major, major props to him. Uh, some other individuals that we should shout out in this one, Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, 26, 32, 462, four touchdowns, did have three turnovers, has got to clean that up. I've got to have better presence when you're getting chased down from behind the fumble. That's killer. Obviously the two picks, one of them could have been a touchdown. It's one of those. You just, you roll with it. I mean, he's a guy that's going to give his players an opportunity. That also means at times you're going to have some turnovers. You just got to make sure that it, doesn't compound and then you start forcing things more or what stands out more to me than the than those turnovers is the fact that he was able to stay composed that he was able to lead three straight scoring drives in the crunch time when the Rams needed to second week in a row you really see this team execute in the second half when the game is on the line that's important that's something that you know the Rams didn't do how many one score losses did we have under Mike Bobo and, and Steve Adazio we were sitting there just like oh man they just could have pulled it out in the third quarter. This team, when the game's on the line, they figure out a way to get it done. And was it perfect? No. Was it ugly at times? Absolutely. But a dub is a dub. And at the end of the day, spreads don't count in the standings, guys. They don't. You cover that boulder. But guess what? That's a loss. It doesn't do anything for you. It, you didn't cover the, what, I think it was 30-something points. Yeah, it's a little bit disappointing. Like, I'm not saying there's no value in spreads. They're, they're there for a reason. It's Vegas, uh, a neutral party telling you that, you know, they believe this is how much you should win by. But at the end of the day, a win is a win. They all count the same. Uh, more individuals, fan shield, walk on running back, 16 carries, 54 yards, one touchdown, did what he needed to in this one. It, it's great to, it's great to, um, to see guys getting opportunities to, that they're making the most of it. It's great to see players rewarded when they do the right things in practice. We talk about that all the time. You know, you want guys to, Ryan to do the right things to get an opportunity. Van Shield did that. He earned that start tonight. I know we all want to see more Damian Henderson. I want to see more Damian Henderson. I probably would have got him on the field a little earlier than the fourth quarter. Again, no update on his situation. You hope he's okay. Uh, got dinged up there in the fourth quarter, did walk off, but was uh, was definitely limping. Dallin Holker, BYU transfer tight end, continues to ball out. Four catches, 94 yards, one touchdown, 69 yards after the catch. Torrey Horton at 136 yards after the catch. I think what's really great about this CSU receiving core right now is you're seeing production from multiple guys. I mean, Dylan Goffney had a big game, four catches for 73 yards. He also had 30 yards after the catch. Justice Ross Simmons, four catches for 48 yards. He had 24 yards after the catch. Van Shield had 15 yards after the catch. All of these guys are, are producing, and that's what you wanted to see with this offense, that it's not all on Torrey. Tory's going to be that dude. He's going to do what he does. He's going to produce. You need some of these other guys to come up with key plays, especially 
in big moments. I, I thought it was really great to see these other receivers get in the mix. I thought it was great to see Dallin Holker uh, get a ton of targets in that second half as well. He was the the one guy I was kind of sitting there like, man, I haven't seen Dallin do much uh, in that third quarter. And then, of course, he just explodes like he always does. Four catches, 94 yards, one touchdown. Just a stud. Uh, shout out to the CSU O-line helmet stickers for the entire O-line. Zero sacks allowed, three tackles for loss. It's night and day from a year ago, guys. It's night and day. You got to run the ball better. Um, it was, I guess, a little encouraging that CSU ran the ball at times today. I mean, you're missing your top two backs, so it's a tough, it's a tough judgment. I would have thought that they would have ran the ball with a little bit more success. Um, but, you know, kind of nitpicking. And when you're passing the ball that the way CSU is, it's not like you're going to run the ball 50 times a game anyways. Um, shout out to Aaron Harris, longtime friend of mine, great CSU supporter. Tori Horton leads the country in receptions with 45. Dude is a stud. What's insane is he's done it in four games. I mean, he was third in the country coming in when everybody else had played four or five games. Now they played five or six. He's still outpacing him. That's what he does. Uh, helmet sticker for Chase Wilson, linebacker on the defensive side. 15 total tackles in this one. Really has been a leader on that defensive side. It's been great to see him stepping up, especially now that you know you on Jackson and, and some of those faces of the defense that we got accustomed to for all of those years. Uh, Jack Howell, nine tackles, two quarterback hits and an interception. Probably the easiest interception of his career. I mean, just a gift of a throw. I have no idea what the quarterback was trying to do. They'd run the ball all the way down the field. Brutal, brutal. I mean, that's what they do, though. I talked about that coming in. They moved the ball. It wasn't surprising that Utah Tech had some offensive success. They had a little more than I hoped for. But again, you buckle down in the second half. If you're looking for a pod, that's just going to be all doom and gloom. The sky is falling. Everything sucks. Fire everybody. I'm not your guy. It's just not me. I do think that there are aspects of this game that were very frustrating. I think there are aspects of this game without a doubt need to to get cleaned up and that this team needs to be better, that they're capable of being better. But I, I just don't see the productivity of of going the sky is falling, especially when at the end of the day you are two and two. You did pull out the 21 point win, you know, even when you didn't have your A game. And, you know, it I don't know. I just I think there are a lot of people that that want you to come in with the hot takes to come in hot and I get it, but that's just not me. I mean, I just, I try and look at the things that you did well, look at the areas you need to improve and ultimately just try and gauge where this team is at. And I think we've seen a lot of good with this team over the last couple of weeks. Clearly there are things they've got to be better. The missed tackles, huge concern. The penalties, a huge concern. The fact that they haven't played a, a complete game yet. That's a concern. The fact that they're not running the ball yet. That is also, they have one of the most explosive passing offenses in the country. And, What's great is that with guys like Tory Horton, Dallin Holker, Justice Russell, all these explosive weapons that CSU has is it increases your margins. It makes it so you don't have to execute all the way up and down the field to dink and dunk four or five yards at a time, which is really, really challenging to do, especially as you get down to the red zone, which we found out the last couple of years. Now, you know, you have guys, you get them the ball with you know a little bit of space and all of a sudden they're breaking off a 70 yard gain. I mean, they can just they can flip a game with three to five key plays in a game. And right now CSU is doing a great job of taking advantage of those three to five key moments. Now, do we need to see more consistency? Yes, without a doubt, especially if they have, you know, Mountain West championship aspirations like we'd like we'd hope for, you know, with this top end talent. 
Uh, there's a lot of teams in the league that look really good right now. Air Force is a freaking wagon. Fresno continues to impress. Um, UNLV is legit. That CSU-UNLV game could actually be really intriguing because UNLV, really solid defense. CSU, really great offense. Kind of a, a clash of styles there. I'm, I'm just really encouraged about uh, the direction of this team, the fact that they were able to pull it out on a night where circumstances were weird and that they have guys that you can trust to step up each and every week. You know, BFN, he's doing his thing each and every week. Torrey Horton, Dallin Holker, the O-line has been really consistent. You know what you're going to get out of Mo Kamara? I mean, Torrey Horton's the player of the game, but if I did co-players of the game, it'd be Mo Kamara. Eight total tackles, one and a half sacks, three tackles for loss. He had a pass break, the QB hit. His ability to get off the block and just torch dudes is is insane. I mean, he's one of the best pure pass rushers that I've certainly seen. He's going to be a stud at, at the next level. Uh, newer Gatkuth continues to impress. He had a breakout game last week. I felt like he had eight total tackle for loss, two monster QB hits, both on third down. Really important pressures in that second half against CSU. Really buckled down defensively in that second half. Was it great early on? No, but you, you hold them to three points. You hold them to one of seven on third down in that second half. The pressure that the Rams were able to generate with the defensive line, a major component of that, Mo Kamara, Noor Gatkuth, uh, Grady Kelly, Cam Baratow, and those guys all doing their part. Uh, Cam Baratow had a half sack. Uh, Grady Kelly had a couple of tackles for loss. I always love when I can shout out those guys in the interior because a lot of the dirty work they're doing is what allows those guys on the edge to get one-on-ones for the majority of the night, which is great if you know you're... you're guys in the interior aren't generating any type of pressure, then they're just going to double and, and, you know, chip Mo every time. And fortunately with the depth that CSU has, they're not able to do that. Um, keep the comments coming again. We'll, we'll get to, to more of these as it goes on. Um, want to shout out our friends over at Breckenridge brewery. You know that we love Breck beer at DNVR Breck beer has, or Breckenridge brewery has a beer for any occasion. I'm a big Mountain Beach Sour fan. You can't go wrong with a, a summer shandy, though I guess that uh, that season is kind of coming to an end. Personally, I think just a classic Avalanche Amber Ale is the way to go. Uh, shout out Breckenridge Brewery. Go hit up the farmhouse in Littleton. It is the place to be. Uh, also, check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew near you. I also want to shout out Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company, but they make a product that's just as good as any expensive pair. They're durable. They have awesome lenses that are polarized, but they're not too dark. I got really sensitive eyes. I'm also blind. Clearly got to rock the glasses. You wear your shady rays. It takes away all of the all of the glare, but at the same time, you're still able to see some sunglasses. Feels like you're walking in a tunnel or something. Shout out to Shady Rays. If you don't love your pair, you can return it for free within 30 days. If you ever lose or break your pair, they'll re- replace your shady rays. No questions asked. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use that code DNVR, 50% off. Two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right. Sorry, try not to drink water on the streams. Have about four hours of sleep last night. The body is hurting. Uh, We had a comment from Aaron Harris that said that team, uh, CSU loses by 17 under Adazio. I don't disagree, man. I, I definitely don't. I just don't think that the Rams had the type of resilience that this team has displayed these last couple of weeks. It hasn't been perfect. It's also been 
you know, really exciting at times with what this offense is doing. And I just think that if they can play a more complete game, if they can figure some things out defensively, be a little bit more consistent. Sky's the limit. Sky is the limit. Uh, if you guys got any questions, get them on before we get out of here. Any thoughts on Utah State's wild last two games? That's Blake Anderson football in a nutshell, dude. It is, I would say, fluky, but also they keep doing it, so maybe it's not fair to say that. I don't know, man. I I don't at all believe that what Utah State does is sustainable. That said, they did this wonky ride all the way to the Mountain West Championship a couple of years ago. Anything is certainly possible with them. Um, the, the quarterback change is huge. Hillstead has been massive for them. They are a very explosive vertical passing offense. That's going to be a really interesting matchup, you know, against CSU. It could be a, a shootout. It could come down to, you know, whether you're able to, to play a consistent game defensively, which, you know, again, we have not really seen. Need to be much better on that side. Um, but what's encouraging is that the Stars continue to step up week after week. And at the same time, you know, we're seeing this team make key adjustments in the second half, which is which is really important. I got a comment from the Oso Blanco here. I'm going to start taking victory Mondays at work. We'll see how that goes over. Um, I saw a lot of people making jokes about the victory Monday thing after the way CSU came out. And I, I get it. I do. That said, I think the victory Monday was a little bit misconstrued by the fan base. I think everything that this team went through after CU with the death threats and just the national attention and really just getting just absolutely torched, you know, really, really criticized unfairly by so many people. These are 18, 19 year old kids and they were mentally exhausted. And I think Jay just wanted to reward them and give them a day off for, for pulling it out on the road after that team had just been through a lot, you know, and I get it. Like, you know, when you do something like that and then you don't play your best game, it's, it's a little bit like, all right, well, clearly you need those practices, but I don't know. I just, I, I, I think it's important to, to remember the context in any situation like that. <laughs> Aaron Harris, you should get some Harry carry specs lean into the look. Yeah, I certainly could pull the old school 19, you know, seventies announcers vibe, you know, here at the ballpark with my glasses and very pale face. <laughs> uh, Man, guys, I get bullied enough on Twitter. I don't need to get flamed in my own comment section, but uh, I really appreciate you guys hopping on. Uh, keep them coming. You know, as long as you guys have questions, I will stay here answering them. I have no desire to watch uh, the the Broncos Bears game coming up. I will because, you know, loyalty and, and whatnot, but ugh, it's going to be an absolutely ugly ugly game i got a question from joey b here where does csu's four more wins come from for potential bowl eligibility i had somebody else ask me on twitter to project or to predict the record and conference play so more or less the the same question here uh well let's go through it uh let's go through the schedule obviously got a really important game coming up against utah state i have said from the beginning of the season that I believe the Rams are a better team than Utah state. I think since they've made the quarterback change, it, it makes, it makes it a little bit more interesting, obviously being in Logan, that's tough. It's a hostile environment. The sidelines are really close to stands, very similar to Boulder. Their students are, are very engaged, rowdy, raucous, all of that stuff. Um, but I, I'm going to say CSU gets a win at Utah state. Um, 
they come back, play Boise State, who's in a really weird spot. Admittedly, I have not had an opportunity to watch that Memphis game yet. Um, I know Boise was up big, ended up losing. I know they have kind of a kind of a quarterback controversy potentially. I don't know. It's it's been a weird situation. We have not quite seen the the progression that we expected from Taylor Green there. Big night. Um, I think if CSU beats Utah State, that the crowd should be pretty good for that Boise State matchup. Homecoming weekend, a lot on the line. I will see. I mean, again, I got I got to go back and watch the Memphis game. Um, I'm going to say CSU loses to Boise State right now. That said, I do think that that game is winnable. I do, and it would not shock me if I watch the game and I'm like, you want to know what? This is the year. They're taking down the Broncos. Uh, they go to UNLV after that. Um, tough game. Tough game. UNLV's figured some things out defensively. I'm going to say Jay pulls it out in Vegas. I'm going to say, you know, returning to kind of his old stomping grounds, I guess Reno, but you know what I mean. Uh, Air Force after that, can't ever predict that CSU is going to beat Air Force. I think Air Force is a more unwinnable matchup most years than CU, to be quite honest. And I, I know I said coming in that it, CSU would beat two of their three local rivals. They should have beat CU. And then you'd have a really great opportunity against Wyoming. Uh, obviously, you still got to play the game. I think CSU is going to score some points, make it interesting. But with what Air Force is doing offensively right now, that's it's just tough to to think you're going to get a win in that situation. Uh, you go up to Laramie and play for the bronze boot. I have the utmost respect for Craig Bowl. Those games are always brutal. Uh, again, I'm going to say CSU pulls it out on the road. I said that coming in, the Rams would have to be road warriors to to make the postseason. I'm going to continue with that. So uh, there you would have Utah State, UNLV, Wyoming uh, come home. And then you would only have to win one of San Diego State, Nevada, and Hawaii. San Diego State looks bad, man. I, I thought that was a winnable game anyways, but I, I think at home that's very winnable. Obviously, you should stop Nevada. And then Hawaii is a weird spot. Like, it, like it, I would really hate to be a five-win team going into that spot, and that's very possible. I mean, you could lose UNLV. You could lose these games that I predicted that the Rams are going to win. Um, hopefully, you've already achieved bowl eligibility by then, um, but it would not shock me, you know, a, a late night, 9 p.m. game, especially if you're, you know, at six wins, seven wins already, you could drop one there. I'm going to say the Rams close strong and beat Hawaii. I think that would be like an eight and four finish if, if I got that right. Um, maybe that's far too optimistic, but at the same time, I still think that the top end talent that CSU has means they're going to be in any game. Um, we just got to see more from the defense. We got to see a lot more. It's encouraging that they're able to adjust, that Freddie Banks is able to figure out what the opposing team is doing and you know, basically stop it. But also, they got to have a quicker start because at some point, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really hurt the Rams in, in one of these games early. And I just I don't want to see them where they're consistently in a position where they're playing from behind or where they're playing with their food. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, a great comment from Aaron Harris with our defense will allow lesser teams to stay in games. Maybe if they continue it up. Yeah. Um, but I do think we'll see some changes in that secondary. I think we'll see a lot more TJ Crandall. I think we'll see a lot more uh, Jalen Gardner, a couple of really athletic freshmen. And I mean, if you can continue to generate pressure the way that CSU has with this defensive line, you're going to have an opportunity. I mean, Mo, Mo Kamara is a game breaker. And now newer is, is really starting to break out. Tony Pierce had kind of a quiet night, but he's really solid. They have a lot of talent on that defensive side. They do. I genuinely still believe that. And I know that it's been rough 
but they also have these stretches where they do flash it. And that's where it's confusing too. You just need more consistency. I mean, they, they have the ability and we saw last year, this group really respond. Um, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, but that's all I've got for this one. I'll break this game down a little bit more after I'm able to rewatch it. Really weird game, really weird night, obviously super odd circumstances with the weather delay. Uh, made it a, a long day for all of us. Um, but at the end of the day, you're two and two and all your goals are on the table being two and two was always a really a, a very realistic possibility, but kind of what you were hoping for coming in realistically. I mean, you get, you knew you had a tough trip to middle Tennessee state, a team that kicked your ass the year before you knew you were playing a pair of power five opponents. And frankly, both of them are, are better than we thought they would be. I mean, it, it's, it's a situation where they, they flashed a lot of talent. They flashed a lot of inexperience. The penalties are, are definitely an issue. I also think we could see this group flip a switch and like very easily rattle off three, four or five wins in a row. It, it would not surprise me at all, especially in a year where the mountain West feels kind of wide open and you know, you're fortunate that you don't have to play Fresno state. I don't know. I just think we get far too reactive at times and everybody wants to, you know, Oh, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. It's college football. This isn't the NFL. The execution level is never going to be perfect from week to week. But if your team has talent and they have an identity, you have something you can lean on. And we're seeing this group flash resilience. We're seeing them be tough in a way that they just had not been in years past. I'm really excited for the future. And I very much think that this team is going to be in the postseason. I think they're going to be in the mix for the Mountain West Championship. I'm not going to back down from that take because they had a wonky performance against an, an FCS team who, frankly, we didn't know that much about coming out. I mean, on paper, they moved the ball a lot. Uh, they played a lot of good FCS teams, you know, Missouri State, Montana, Montana State. Those are really good teams that are comparable talent to, you know, a lot of G5 schools, if we're being real. I mean, they're at least able to hang on most nights. And again, I come back to the point of there's just... There's not a lot to be gained by scheduling these games. I hope to see very few of them in the future. You want to schedule Greeley for a local impact? I'm, I'm fine with that also because they suck and your risk of, of losing to them isn't super high. But I don't know, man. Like When you schedule some of these other teams out of the big sky, it's just like, what's to be gained here? Not much. Really just disappointment because even if you win by three scores, it still kind of feels like, oh, we should have done more. And I don't know. That's, that's just, it was a weird game. It was a weird game. And I think it'd be crazy to say that the weather didn't have at least some type of impact. I know that some of the struggles happened before the, the second delay, but I, I just, I think this team with the talent that they have with the way that they're able to produce offensively and with the way that they're executing when the game is on the line, again, three straight scoring drives that end with points at the end, there, all touchdowns. I mean, that's huge. The Rams wouldn't have done that last year. They wouldn't have done that the year before. We'll see. You know, do they need to clean a lot of stuff up? Absolutely. But I, I'm not throwing away my optimistic outlook because of a weird game against an FCS team, something I've seen a million times, and a night where you had over 80 minutes of weather delays. You know, it was it was just a weird night. It was a really weird night. It was a really long one. But at the end of the day, you win, you're two and two. Uh, much love to everybody in the comment section of the Oso Blanco. Appreciate you. Uh, shout out to my guy, Aaron Harris, everybody 
Um, you know, like I said, if you could give us a thumbs up, I would appreciate it. Thank you for spending your Sunday mornings with me. I know it was nice and early after a long night, but hey, at least we're talking about a Rams dub. And I'm really excited to see what this team can do in conference play. They clean some stuff up. Um, I think it could be a really fun year. I really do. So shout out to all of you. Uh, I'm always proud to be. I'll have another pod coming out within the next 24 hours. Much love, y'all. Peace. Probably never make it when you listening to that right now. I said we on now.